Are you ready to bridge the gap in our current healthcare system and really help people that struggle with flexibility, mobility, and weakness? Hi, I'm Kim Narker, and welcome to Rehab to Wellness Boss Podcast, a business owner successful startup podcast where I help you start, build, and grow your wellness business. Join me as I reveal real secrets to helping rehab professionals build a successful, proven wellness program that keeps their community away from reactive care. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rehab to Wellness Boss podcast, and I want to thank you for joining me on our show today. We're going to be talking to an expert in the field, Tavana Boggs, and she is going to help all of you rehab professionals discover a real secret for starting your business. Um, Tavana, welcome. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Can you give our listeners a little bit more about you? Tell us a little more. Yeah. So I was, I'm going to start a little bit at the end maybe, but I was a physical therapist for 19 years in practice when COVID kicked me out of the nest officially. And it was the absolute best thing that could have happened to me because I was a person who I loved physical therapy. I was and am amazing at what I do. However, I had a back injury in I think 2015 and with sciatica and all of the whole nine. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not even 40 years old. And I know I have at least 25, 30 more years to work. I'm not going to be able to do this like this for the rest of my career. And it was really scary, but it was also like a sign because for so many years, I had been doing things outside of PT into the wellness space, had a wellness coaching certification. I had a alternative fitness event company. I had been a contractor and had a contracting company as a physical therapist for years. So I was always in the coaching and the business space. And I think I was afraid to just go all the way there, to go all the way out. And so when I made the transition from health coaching to more mindset life coaching, because that was the secret that I found for people that I was working with in their health, that was keeping them from actually taking action. That was keeping them from hitting their goals and not self-sabotaging. That was keeping them. So I really got into this mindset space and life coaching space and loved it. And really loved mixing that with helping people with their businesses. And so when COVID came, maybe two years prior, I had made the decision that, okay, my back is not going to allow me and nor do I want to be lifting patients in a hospital for the next 20 years. And I decided I was going to get serious and I was going to replace my PT income with my business, not my contracting company, but with my coaching business. And then COVID happened and they said, "Okay, all contractors out of the hospital, we're bleeding money. We need to stop the bleeding. So y'all are first. And I said, "Okay, here it is. Here we go. And it was in that moment that I was perfectly poised and ready to support other healthcare professionals that were wanting to make that transition from patient care to coaching. And it was the best thing ever because it was one of those things where I jumped 
well, actually I was kicked out <laughs> and I was like, look, mom, I can fly. And so it's been, what was that? March, 2020 was the last time I put hands on a patient and here we go. I made more money in the last two years than I probably the last six as a PT. And you're probably happier than you've ever been. Oh yeah. Cause I live in Mexico and it's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. We have to circle back on that back pain thing because there are some secrets I have with you on that. But you know, health is a huge component of it as well. But let's jump in. Let's give these listeners some real secrets on how they can actually start attracting clients. But we're going to start with, tell me what typically holds a new business owner back from attracting clients. Oh my goodness. So many things. things. I mean, there's uh, fear, overwhelm, scarcity. What will people think? The perfectionism, imposter syndrome. There's the fear of failure. There's the fear of success. There's so many things that all tie back to the mental game. Mm -hmm. And so people are afraid of what other people will think about them. Who do you think you are? You know, do you like to separate yourself from the rest of us? Who do you think you are to start a business? They have family coming at them. There's the overwhelm of all of the skills that you need to learn as an entrepreneur. And I would just pause here and say that so many of us are at the top of our game in our profession. And then we go into entrepreneurship and assume that we should be at the top of our game in that arena. And one thing that you want to realize is that entrepreneurship or like think about an MBA, those people, if you go back to get an MBA, that's probably two years and several courses. So why is it that we assume that when we start a business that we should automatically know all of these things. But if you go to get an MBA, you don't assume that you should automatically know all of the things. They're business. They all have like, they're the same principles. So I think the overwhelm from that, the belief that they should know all of the things. And if they don't do it perfectly or well, or write, write this red hot minute that either I'm going to, I want my business to look like that, or I'm not going to do it at all, or I'm going to keep tinkering in the background and not do the, what I call CGAs, client generating activities. And so it's okay for me to work on my website and for me to get the business cards and for me to do all of this stuff. But heaven forbid, I talk to somebody and tell them what I'm doing and risk rejection or risk them not understanding or risk whatever, right? So those are some of the things that I see that keep newer entrepreneurs from really attracting clients. And we talked about before, one of the things is them not being willing to just say, hey, this is my business. I'm not creating a job. I'm creating something that I love and I'm going to find my favorite people and only work with them. Mm -hmm. Because we feel like there's that scarcity mindset and we have to see everybody. We can fix everybody that walks through our door. Right. But it's it's like we were saying before, just because you can, should you? Just because you can, do you want to? And I would venture to say anybody who is hearing us talk about this and is feeling something, (laughs) a little weird, a little resistance, like, uh, what are they talking about? I worked in the hospital for, I think, the last 14 of the 19 years, and there were definitely floors 
that I didn't want to work on. Like I ended up specializing in cardiopulmonary because I loved it. And every time I had to go to a different floor, it's like, ugh. I mean, I'll go and I can do it and I'm going to do the best job ever because I love people and I'm good at what I do and I'm going to give excellent customer service. But do I really want to be on the neuro floor? No, not really. So why, if this is your business and we have so much at stake here, why would you put yourself in a position to be on the neuro floor when you want to be doing cardiopulmonary? And it's the same thing in your business. Nugget, nugget. And you know what? I think what we need to bring to this conversation to clarify also is the fact that someone starts a business and they're a clinician and they're not really an entrepreneur yet. It takes from what the research reveals, it takes about three years for that mindset to switch from a clinical mindset to an entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. I mean, I think if you don't have people in your corner supporting you with adjusting that mindset and that identity. And I'm glad you bring that up because I remember when I was working exclusively with healthcare professionals, helping to make that transition from patient care to coaching. And I love networking and I love talking to people. So I would host these little cocktails and conversations and we would go around the circle and have everybody introduce themselves just so that you could meet maybe a collaborative partner or something. And It was so interesting to watch my clients still introduce themselves like I'm so-and-so and and I'm a physical therapist or I'm a physician and I do this thing on the side. And what I noticed was when my clients started to introduce themselves as I'm the healthy hiking founder, I am a health coach, I am a life coach, the moment they started introducing themselves that way. Within two weeks, they started making money. Just fine-tuning and clarifying exactly the type of client that you want to see and that client that makes you happy and you know that you can give the best treatment to. And Yeah, but I think it was even more than that. It's like really embodying the identity mm-hmm. of I'm not walking around saying I'm a physical therapist anymore or I'm a physician. No, I am a whatever kind of coach, mm-hmm. right? Because by then they had really embodied that identity. And so it was easier for them to sell once they knew like, oh, okay, this is what I'm doing. It's a profession. It requires money. And what do you think? about the coaching side. Now that you're on life coaching, when you were a PT, you're not really taught to coach people. You're taught to recommend things. And if they don't follow your recommendations, they're non-compliant. Tell us a little bit about that shift. Oh, I just did a whole thing for the American Physical Therapy Association on let's change that language from non-compliant to not bought in because good job yeah because I think we we are not really taught or at least I wasn't taught way back in the day those skills of coaching it's really an authoritative um, approach to relating to the patients and it's interesting because in coaching it requires us to check ourselves and our ego at the door the client knows best and my job is to ask enough questions and read energy to find out what's the true answer for them i don't know best they know best and it does require just like changing that identity from leading with i'm a physical therapist to i'm a life coach from 
I know best to you know best. And so it is an adjustment for a number of people. And like we've been talking about, it requires new skills. Mm -hmm. And like anything, practicing those new skills, active listening, and just letting that check in the ego at the door. And knowing that you're good at what you do, you don't have to prove anything. And I, I think you hit on that energy button. You know, they don't teach us energy in school. <laughs> and you say that word and some people tune out and go, oh, God, she's that person. But I tell you what, the more I've learned about a person's energy, because we all are energy forms over the past two years, I think the closer I've been able to open up and fully treat a customer the way they want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Because you well, can feel where they are in their 100%. space and you can empathize and not sympathize with it, but then be able to build a program that works for where they're at and how they can get there. Yeah. I mean, at one point in time, I was going to teach a class called how to deal with difficult patients. And now I know the word to be energy, but it was much like we do this naturally. So mm -hmm. even if you don't call it reading energy, we do it all the time. If, for example, when I was walking into a patient room and all the lights are off and when I greet them with my high energy, hello, good morning, I'm Tavana, the physical therapist, da, 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 and they're like, oh, you can tell their energy is lower than mm -hmm. mine. So I would bring mine down to meet them or match them and then slowly bring theirs up. So we are really paying attention to how people engage with and interact with us all the time. And that's what really, I mean, that's on the most basic surface level, what I mean about energy without going all the way to the woo side of things. Right. And I think the way you said it, that you're meeting them where they are. I mean, nobody knows what this person has gone through to get them to where they are today. So to come in with a whole different energy and you're up here, and they're down here isn't going to help them move forward in taking that next step that could be incredibly hard because it is hard getting out of our comfort zone. For sure. Mm -hmm. Cool. So these are some real secrets, guys. I mean, listen up here. She has hit the nail on the head with saying, hey, find a niche. Find something that you're passionate about and really, really build upon that and work with people that you know you can truly help that want your help. They have to want your help. The doctor can't send that person to you and then all of a sudden they're going to want to be with you. You're going to find your people. They're going to find you and you're going to have the best results. And then you don't have to attract it because they will come to you. You're going to have a great word of mouth reputation. So really focusing on caring for that consumer where they are and giving them the best treatment available and making sure that you give them the value that they're looking for. You, you can't fail. You totally can't fail. Right. And we, really the only way to fail is to quit. Exactly. And I think the lack of mentorship, I think these new owners get in and they go, I learned a new skill. I can do this and I don't need anybody. And I can do this all by myself. Well, I mean, you can, you can. And 
why? Why would you? Why would you want to? It's called reinventing the wheel because it's so easy to get back into, hey, it's easier for me to develop my website, change my message, find my message, write my brochure than to get out and actually be with people and build your reputation and build what value you can give to them. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the reasons why I love being in groups with entrepreneurs that are at levels same as me and more advanced than I am, as well as having a mentor is like the mentor can see things that I can't see. We call them the blind spots. So I might be like making this big confusion in my brain and they can go in and say, well, all you have to do is tweak this one thing, but I can't see it because it's in my blind spot. And so I remember when I first started before I was hiring mentors, I just tried to bounce everything off of my my partner at the time, or I would call my mom, but they can't really help me because that's not their area of expertise. And they just don't have the insight and they have the well intentions and they don't always have the entrepreneurial spirit. So sometimes I'll have this great idea and be all excited about it. And it feels like they just douse me with a bucket of ice water because they're trying to protect me or love on me. And mm-hmm. so they don't see the greater vision. And then being in containers with other entrepreneurs, especially those that are more advanced than I am. I'll never forget the time when I was in a mastermind once where one of the young ladies was like, ah, I only made $30,000 this month. And she was upset about that. And I was thinking to myself, wait, what? (laughs) Like $30,000 was low for her. And to hear it come from someone who looked like me, was a peer like me, they weren't necessarily a business coach or, you know, really famous or anything like that. I was like, oh, well, if she's right here, shoulders to shoulder with me, then that's possible for me. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I struggled in the beginning so much and for so long is because I tried to do everything by myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just too easy to get stuck that way. And, and you get in this holding pattern and then you just get frustrated. So let's leave some people with a lot of nuggets here. So what are some ways they can start attracting the right clients today? We talked about finding a niche and find something you really love, but do you have any other tips or nuggets um, on how they can start attracting the right clients? Mm. To start attracting the right clients is to really get intimate with who those people are and where they are, because it's easier, especially like I think one of the challenges that a lot of newer business owners have is they see social media and they think it's the end all be all Mm -hmm. and they forget to just go talk to other human beings. So one of the fastest way to attract clients is to go talk to people one on one. And when I say that, like talking to your network, I don't mean like Tupperware parties where you go try to sell your friends your services. I mean, just really tell them what you're doing, why you're excited about it, and simply ask them if anybody, if they know of anybody who could benefit. This is a long game. Like we're not trying to do what I call transactional marketing. We're not trying to have one conversation and get one client. Or even if you use social media, put one post out and get one client back. We have to really start with the people that know, like, and trust us because they're going to vouch for us with their network. 
And so that really cuts down a lot of time that people spend really waste trying to jump right out and do social media. I mean, really talking to human beings one-on-one, whether that's email, text, DM, whatever. And when I say DM, I do not mean going into their DMs and offering services. Mm. I mean, really connecting with a person on a human level, being interested in them and really genuinely wanting to support them. And, and when I think you, you do that, people right there. will help you. Yes. Collaboration. Don't go in there with used car salesman mindset. Go in there with the true, honest feeling that you want to know where this person is, understand this person and learn more about them. Take the I out of it. Learn more about them. And then you can start seeing some of the collaborative things that you shared that you can maybe share that can build on actually gaining a referral. But I think they have to start thinking that it's transactional. It has to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a long game. So we're saying you're putting all, you're planting seeds everywhere and you're watering those seeds and the plants and the flowers come up at different times. So you want to make sure that you're just out there. And really and truly, if you're not doing something every day that makes you feel a little sick in your stomach, then you're not doing a client generating activity Uh -uh. because it's scary in the beginning to put yourself out there. So that's really my compass. If I'm like not doing something where I'm like, oh, I'm a little nervous or I'm sweaty or I feel a little sick in my stomach, then we need to really be challenging ourselves a little more. Yep. And you've got to find that avenue that's different than your other rehab professionals out there. So if you're in a group with a chiro or an acupuncturist, figure out what they're not so strong at, you know, don't fight and say I'm better or he's better or she's better. Find out what is they're not getting in their business and support them in that way and collaborate because you can grow partnerships that way that will help you build your business as well. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Yep. So I told you a little bit about what, before we came on the air today of what I'm doing and helping rehab professionals become stretch mobility coaches. Based on what I told you then, what do you think current options are available to rehab professionals when you talk about the stretch mobility coach and then other current options that are available? When you say options, what do you mean? Like, so a PT or an OT wants to go into a wellness business. They want to do something different. What oh. options are available for those people? I mean, there's, there's so there's so many options available. I mean, outside of personal training, coaching, this stretch mobility coach, you could do all of those things. But I think within those umbrellas, there are so many subspecialties that you could get into. So purely from the stretch mobility coach, I think it's it can be important to specialize in who you want to work with. So I was a competitive cyclist. And so you might be in the cycling. That might be a really great place for you to go in terms of networking. If you want to network online, I think sometimes we get so caught up in, oh, I'm a coach, you're a coach. So I'm in these coach groups. And so then I'm kind of talking to all of these people and using that lingo. But I'm like, you as the person, what do you naturally gravitate towards? What do you love to do? And then if you're already going to be on the bike, you're already a runner, you're already going to be in those communities, go there. 
that's a place where you would naturally already be. You would naturally want to be and you already speak the lingo. And so it's just a natural that people would come to you. Yeah. And I think asking them what their struggles are. I think we forget, Hey, what are you struggling with when you're biking? Just step back from sales and ask questions so that you can then, you know, be that solution and talk the lingo with them. I think that's great. What's one last word of advice you'd give rehab professionals that are thinking about going into business for themselves? I would say if you've ever been giving a vision to do something, you will always be given the means to achieve it as well. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. This was awesome. So I hope that you'll come back again and we can do more talks on many, 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 many more subjects here. But for those listeners that don't know who you are, can you tell us how they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. The, the fastest and best and easiest place is my website, TavanaDenise.com. And that's spelled T-A-V as in Victor, O-N-A, Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E. And then also I'm on Instagram at Tavana Denise. Awesome. Man, Tavana, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Guys, I hope that this all was very informative for you and that that these were some real secrets that can actually help you start a new business and be successful when we're talking about wellness. Thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for having me. for joining us today on the Rehab to Wellness Boss podcast, where you, a rehab professional, can start, build, and grow your very own successful wellness cash practice. If you're ready to level up and become a stretch mobility coach, then head on over to our website, www.thestretchmobilitycoach.com. This website will take you through the next steps needed to practice as a stretch mobility coach. Come on over. 